Oh, hi. Thanks for checking in. I'm still a piece of garbage. <laughs> AFI Backstage Stories Cool man, it's nice to have you back again, face to face. It's nice to be here. Last week was a wild week, man. When we dropped that episode, I had a lot of anxiety about it. I was just I was really nervous to 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 talk about all that stuff, and I think it was uh I think it went pretty well. I had some good feedback about it from Yeah. The, the friends who, who had written me had listened to it. So it was like really positive. They, yeah, I think it went as good as it could. And uh, yesterday we, um, we Skyped with my parents and I had my mom listen to it because I wanted her opinion on everything. And she, she also thought it was handled well, which is a nice feeling. And then um, my, you know, my dad has own thoughts about like, well, you know, he's such a, he's such a, like a straightforward, um, like kind of somber Southern guy. Mm-hmm. He's always just like, well, I'll tell you, son, uh, you know, uh, life's just going to go on, you know, just got you just going to have to do what, do what you do and uh, keep your head out of it and, uh, you know, just mm-hmm. move, move on past it. I see. <laughs> I was like, yeah, he's kind of right, actually, you know, so. Um, but actually, uh, the cool thing about this week, I guess you guys are going to notice a little bit of extra reverb. That's not us being stylish. <laughs> That's... Uh, we're in, uh, we're kind of like we're thieves and burglars <laughs> right now because we're in a totally different apartment. Yeah, we just captured an apartment and <laughs> declared it our new artsy fartsy studio. Yeah, we have a flag out in the balcony now. Hey. Um, no, but like, uh, it's it's really crazy using this space because basically in my apartment building, um, my sister in law has moved out. And so she has lived there before. She lived here. Yeah. This was her apartment and she just recently moved out not too long ago. And this is like the, that strange, funny in between time between it being someone else's and being theirs. And we still have this key. So we use it. So what you're going to do about your laundry as soon as someone new moves in this place, because little, little private information about Mr. P's laundry, (laughs) he's doing it in this apartment, not because you don't have a, a machine in your own apartment. Yeah, we got kind of screwed on that. It's kind of funny for like the Americans listening, that must just sound so wild. And I remember thinking how ridiculous it is to not have a washer and dryer inside your home. Um, but like in every apartment that we lived in, <clears throat> sorry, in every apartment that we lived in, um, we paid money at, like in the basement of the building. There's the, the washer and the dryer yeah. room. Usually there's like four or five washers and maybe one dryer. And everything costs money and the dryer costs more than the washer and it depends how much laundry you need to do. And the really crazy thing is about in Munich too, I mean, I don't know how it is in your building. In my building, um, you can't do any laundry on Sundays because it's like a holy day. You know, like every, all the stores are closed and stuff, which just doesn't make any sense that that applies to your personal, like they kind of force that on you here. So, but this does this apply on the, on the, on the washing rooms in the, in the, in the basement or something. In this one, yeah. In this one, yeah. You can't. But it uh, doesn't. It, it doesn't apply on your private. No, not. Machine. No, no, no. <laughs> thank God. No, no. It's not like some. It's not like uh, they have control of the electricity or something. But it's just like the room. The room isn't even. You can. You can still open it, but the uh, the schedule where you would sign your name on to to book your laundry from yeah. you know, three to four is is cut off completely. Okay. So I really, I really hate that. No, but I, I have never lived in a. In a house where 
where you ha have these kind of situations with the with the with the shared washing room. You always had one in in your apartment. No, and um, oh. it is a, for me. It is a big thing and a, a real joy to have one in my apartment because um, when I moved to Munich to Lyme, there um, there was was no space and no no water pipes or anything in this because it was a one, very tiny one room apartment for a washing machine. So I had to go for a kind of like how do you a, call like, it in English? Like a dual thing like one that washes and no no or? i had to go to a to, to, to oh like the, the machine call, like, the, the, like the shop that has like the laundromat yeah exactly laundromat yeah. like just a shop bunch of washing machines and dryers yeah. mm -hmm. throwing some coins yeah which really sucked because you um this was a neighborhood where it has happened that people could steal your because if you bring it and you're gone that they could steal your laundry oh really so you kind of have to stay there and you have to And that's the thing, because I always had to plan like one or one and a half hours a week, at least, where I couldn't do anything else besides maybe listening to a podcast or reading, Right. but sit right in front of the shop and waiting for my laundry to be done. And so when I when I moved to the apartment where I live now, it was a big thing for me that I could wash anytime I want. And mm -hmm. I, I don't know, I could put in the machine, <laughs> um, my laundry in the machine, yeah. be gone for two hours, come back. Like a, like, a normal life. <laughs> like, like a normal life. Yeah. It's, I mean, I'm, I'm not even like, I'm not judging people who have to use laundromats. I, I used it for a little while in New Orleans, like in between apartments, but um, it sucks that you have to do it. I wish it was such a, I wish it was like a mandatory thing to have that in every, in every home, like yeah. just built in or something like controlled by the landlord. Um, but it is a luxury item, I guess. And uh, which is funny because everyone needs clean clothes. But the the one in this apartment is the one that we used because it was her sister's. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know actually what's, if it's going to be as easy uh, in the next few months with what our situation is. The problem with our apartment is that we, we actually can't have one. The only piping that works to have a machine like this is in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. And uh, so the, the main thing in Europe is that you usually just have a washing machine and you hang, you hang the clothes to dry, which is something I also had to get used to. Isn't the thing in America... So like everybody has a dryer? Everybody, yeah, I mean, it's the thing is, I don't know if it depends on state to state, like if states like California because they have like more long-lasting, dry, sunny yeah. weather, windy weather, um, if that makes more sense. I doubt that people in Seattle are doing that because it's just so <laughs> rainy. In um, Minnesota or something. Yeah, or where all the <laughs> snow stays forever. I mean, you see it like you see it in movies, maybe in, in New York where they string the lines across the buildings and stuff. I don't know how realistic that is all around, but um At least in the South, I can usually only vouch for the South, but um, I would definitely say that having a dryer is the the staple. Like it's just yeah. in every, I grew up with it completely. Like we always had it. And it's still, there's just nothing better than going home to mom's house and washing it with her detergent. You have that smell, that, yeah. you know, that smell that you've always grown up with. Yeah. And then you have uh, the dryer and it just the clothes come out so fluffy. And, um, You know, I had a problem here one time. I got so like frustrated with needing to wait like 40 hours for my clothes to be dry. Because when I first moved here, everything seemed, you know, I was just frustrated by everything because it was different. Not necessarily, <laughs> not necessarily because it inconvenienced me, but because I just didn't like it. Yeah. And uh, I, there was one time in the old apartment up the hill where I was like, man, screw this. I'm going to pay the extra money and I'm going to get the, uh, get the dryer today. And my clothes shrank. I paid for the time, but they came out, they still came out like a little damp uh, and they shrank. 
And I saw I lost like two or three shirts oh, just no. from trying it one time. I was like, man, crap. If I had my own, you know, I don't know. It would have been different. But um, but yeah, so I don't know if we have to start using the one in the basement again. For now, I'm just just abusing this one as much as I can. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. Ha- having that convenience because we just didn't have it. We've always washed in the room downstairs. And I think pushing this weird Catholic thing of not on Sundays on people who aren't Catholic is kind of... That's a big mixture of church and state, guys. That's a big, uh, big thing. I don't enjoy at all. But that's a that's that's a whole nother topic for itself. So actually, what's funny is the next uh, couple of weeks are going to be pretty relaxed for me. I hope I don't go a little crazy. I mean, next week is a vacation. You and I are both out. Yes. I guess we could talk about actually what we plan to do for next week's episode. Um, what was your idea? My idea because I um, this morning. I listened to many of the the older interviews and episodes, and I think we could pick a little something out of every episode, or at least some. Yeah. Um, and maybe get back on one or, or two topics on that, and maybe even um, ask our former guests if on certain topics regarding the their immigration process or whatever has changed from then to now and they could ju- just send a little voicemail or something. Oh, that would be really cool to check in with them. Yeah. And send a send a quick like a WhatsApp message or something, yeah, something to check like in. That. Oh, that's a great idea. I, I I hope we don't forget that, but at least we're recording I'll, this, yeah. I'll set a marker here as well, <laughs> buddy. I can set a marker anywhere. Uh, that's a great idea. Yeah, because if, if I sent that out this this week then they would have some time. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, we can do that for the next one. And, and I'm going to be uh, from next Monday, I think, until the Sunday after that in South Tyrol, Italy's most German area. <laughs> do you know Do you know the, 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 the story of it? Oh, tell me. I don't know the details of the history. But you know it is, uh, they speak German there. Yeah, I mean, I know, like, isn't that the same region where they have this funny, like, mixture language that's only spoken there? Because I know it's it's extremely German there, and it has some Italian But isn't there like a valley or something like Marie from me and Marie? Mm-hmm. Doesn't she? I know she speaks this one dialect or this one language. That's it's like the Romantisch. Uh, Retromanisch. Yeah. But that's that's a region in Switzerland. Oh, that's Switzerland. That's not. Okay. okay. No, but um, South Tyrol for all our, all our international um, people listening here um, used to be part of Austria. Um, and then somehow the, the, the French got their fingers in there and it. They ended up being Italian, and to the day... The French love shoving their fingers in things. <laughs> to the day, um, it seems, and I've been many times, it seems to me like most people from South Tyrol hate to be Italian <laughs> most of the time. Or it depends on, on, on... You think so? Yeah, many of them. Um, I also heard a lot of stories from, from people from the rest of Italy that they hate when they speak Italian with people from South Tyrol. Really? Because they don't really, they learn it in school, etc. They learn German and Italian, mm-hmm. but they don't make the effort because they don't want to. So they could speak better Italian, but <laughs> they don't make the effort because they say, no, no, we're speaking German over here. Oh, that's crazy. Okay. So, so man, that's so, history is so weird in Europe because there's all these <laughs> funny, funny battles for borders that honestly end up not really having any significance. It seems like, I mean, it's the same way for any border really. But, um, I mean, so someone can be born and raised in South Tyrol or Zutibol and they don't want to speak, like they don't want to learn this side of their culture. 
Yeah, they they kind of have to. Yeah, they don't see it really as a as a um, part of their culture because it's. Oh, I think just everyone so German, who's right? who's who's more into it historically um, um, could um, could. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're really being careful about your words. Yeah, could 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 um, <laughs> get after me for that, but it's like a little over 100 years. Oh, okay. Italian. oh, you're worried people would, would confront about like the legitimacy of how long it's been so German or something. Yeah. Or? And it's, oh, okay. and, and it's, it's not like, like, um, like, um, a lot of Italians have migrated there. It's just this, 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 this little population mm-hmm. that historically always has been German speaking and more likely part of Austria. But I don't, I don't, I think I still don't get like how that started. I mean, was it, was, it was originally all Italian, right? No, no. This region has been Austrian. The region was Austrian. Yeah. Okay. So it, 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 it has never really been Italian before it has officially been declared Italian. Oh, I see. So that's the point where oh, okay. they say like, okay, we don't really have an Italian culture. Because I see. Okay. Okay. Our history but- lays within kind of, I don't know, a German speaking Austrian um, okay. direction. And why did they declare it part of Italy? Or was that just it was some money? Uh, it was some or? part of um, deal before or after World War One. Okay, I think I really mess things up here, and I guess um, if my parents are listening, who They're are so disappointed, more in you. into this, um, <laughs> they yeah. could be really disappointed. <laughs> Your mom's a teacher, man. She's gonna be like, um, oh no. But maybe we could guess to get, get a guest from South Thrill sometime to talk about this um, interesting topic because they're. There are. I know that there are super. Or there's a there's a, there's a lot of interesting stories about the mm-hmm. the fightings about this area, etc., and how how it turned out to be to be French, Austrian, Italian, whatever. Yeah. But oh man, maybe yeah. we could get some. Someone. If someone, yeah, if someone who listens knows uh, an artsy fartsy from from Sutipo, even someone who's just from there, that'd yeah, be interesting and, and to talk to. There, there are many, many, many people um, from there. I know as well who who study and work in Munich. So maybe we yeah. could find someone there. I know uh, there's a guy I know. There's only one person I've ever met from there, but he wouldn't be a good fit for the show, I think. But he's a funny person in general because he's, uh, I think he's like late 30s, might even be 40 now. And he somehow helped us find this apartment. I don't know if he was, I think he's a realtor or a real estate agent. And he um, he's friends with uh, Ify's brother. Okay. And I can't remember his name right now. <laughs> I, I, it's funny too because if you see this guy, he's he for in my opinion is he could not look more Italian if he was covered in pepperoni pizza. <laughs> he looks so Italian. <laughs> okay. But he when he speaks of course he sounds like, you know, he speaks German, but dude, you got to tell me more about the dialect from this place because they it's like okay, you know when uh like Portuguese, like Brazilian Portuguese kind of sounds like French and Spanish and Russian. It kind of all, <laughs> well, like, well, that's the thing. Like the Brazilian Portuguese has this French and Italian yeah. thing. Where it's very like, and then like the Portuguese one has this more like Russian yeah, Arabic, like, like sort of thing to it. And um, uh, I'm hoping I'm not offending anybody. But it's really just the tones, <laughs> you, you know? definitely are. Uh, probably. <laughs> but it's really just the tones. It's just harsher. You know, it doesn't just say anything about the people. But, yeah, yeah. Um, but when you get to the South Tyrol dialect for German, it sounds insane to me. It sounds so crazy. And it is pretty strange, but um, 
what is kind of similar is have you have you you have been to Tyrol before, so not South Tyrol, but Tyrol. That's where you could I don't know. Could, could could tell that it's been Austrian because it's part of, of Tyrol. Mm -hmm. But all of the rest of Tyrol is still Austrian. You've been to Innsbruck before, I guess. That's technically Tyrol. Yeah. Oh, okay. Let me just look at this real quick. Tyrol. Maybe you can also Google maps. when it turned Italian and what what kind of deal it was. Yeah. Let's see. So we get uh, we at least get that clear. Oh, so it's definition. okay. I think what I was always confused about was that it was this big region. Okay. Yeah. Tyrol is just south of Munich. Yeah, let's see what you got here. Um, yeah, you could get like to Innsbruck in a little less than two hours. Is it technically like Liechtenstein? No, Liechtenstein is a, is a is a country on its own. Oh, it's here to the left. Okay, I was wrong. Okay, I'm just re misreading this. Yeah, you've got Salzburg. I think it's still technically Tyrol, right? No, no, this map is wrong. <laughs> it's it's another part of. Um, oh, okay, now I see it. <laughs> like, is he? People are like, is he actually looking at a map or not? <laughs> Damn, I don't got my phone here. I would have to. I'm, I'm, I'm sounding so dumb here, but I am looking at the map. It's just, it's just. Uh, he's not holding a phone. He's just. It's set up a little weird here. Random words. But I don't find Innsbruck on here. I don't see it. Maybe I'm just blind. I mean, I also a little, didn't little see. A little south. I think eastern of Munich. A little eastern. Okay. Southeastern. Southeastern. So uh, I'm looking at Kitzbühel. Here, you find it and then you point I'll it out it. to me. Okay. I'm such, I'm such an idiot with things like this. But I just all I did was type in Tyrol. It's right here. You found here it is Innsbruck. Damn it! <laughs> and this is and this here Merano Bozen. This is South Tyrol. Okay, I just didn't zoom in. So it's it's basically <laughs> to, uh, it's basically kind of connected. And I'll just Google when it turned Italian. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Okay, yeah, I'm curious about that because it's so funny when things like that get mixed up in like European history because it mixes all these. I mean, it's kind of a nice thing sometimes. You have some beautiful languages that are blending together. You have like interesting, beautiful people with, you know, mixed like skin tones and sounds and stuff. And sometimes it comes from a brutal history of war. And sometimes it comes from like trade deals. It's it's crazy. I, I guess the, the history is kind of endless. Ooh, and I messed up big time. What, what? Modern day South Tyrol and an autonomous Italian province created in 1948. Mm. So after World War II, okay. was part of the Austro-Hungarian county of Tyrol until 1918, then known as Deutsch Südtirol and occasionally Mitteltirol. It was annexed by Italy following the defeat of the Central Powers in World War I. Okay. It has been part of cross-border joint entity, the Euro-region Euro Tyrol-South Tyrol-Trentino since 2001. Okay. Annexation by Italy... Under the secret treaty of London from 1915, Italy shall obtain the Trentino Cisalpine Tyrol with its geographical and natural frontier, the Brenner frontier. And after the ceasefire of Villa Giusti, Italian troops occupied uncontested the ter territory and as stipulated in the ceasefire case. See, I'm, I'm already lost. I'm already lost. But I, I don't I, know. <laughs> but I got the idea. <laughs> so basically, you, you you know now it's it's not Italian since that long ago, and not that's that why long, they yeah. why they don't really have a kind See, of Italian culture. That there. makes way more sense. Like you would get yeah. anywhere else in Italy. Yeah, that makes way more sense if you think about it. Just from the, I mean, because 48 is really not that long ago. It's no. really not that long ago. So that makes it makes a lot of sense actually. Have you seen this? Um, just speaking of like the history of the world, have you seen? <laughs> have you seen this? Um, 
Do you know this YouTuber? Oh, he's sort of like a music. He's like an insane musician, com- like combined with like a really satirical, f- like super funny, weird animator. His name is Bill. I would say w- Wurtz, like W U R T Z. But now that I live in Germany, I'd say like Bill Wurtz. <laughs> no. I say like Bill Wurtz now in my head. It's funny. <laughs> um, so Bill Wurtz, v- v- Wurtz, Wurtz. I'm not totally sure. Um, I guess he's a young guy. Maybe now he's like late twenties or something. Not is he to- German? No, I don't okay. think. Well, I'm not really sure. His humor is very American, so I would be surprised. Okay. But he has this extremely popular video. So like his his songs and his style have bled over into all mediums and turned into little memes. And you probably heard it and didn't even know it was him. Okay, because it's these funny, weird, like strange text and like jazzy, like Muzak style songs. Like, I don't know if on TikTok or something, if you ever heard, like, we know when they reuse songs for things. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard the thing of like, I just did a bad thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, him. Yeah. Ah. That's him. And um, he has this video on his YouTube. I think he hasn't made anything in a while, but, or there's, <laughs> before I talk about that, they, my favorite one he does is like a 12 second song. <laughs> and it's like, Oh, hi. Thanks for checking in. I'm still a piece of garbage. Ah, <laughs> uh, you had that on your Instagram story or something. <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> oh, hi. Thanks for checking in. I'm still a piece of garbage. <laughs> I love that so much. Um, no, anyway, okay. The point is, he on his YouTube, he has his most successful video is this one called The History of the World, I Guess. And it's like 20 minutes long. Okay. But it's so entertaining that you think you just watched like a 30 second video. Okay. You're never bored. It's all this weird hyper musical, um, ironic, jazzy thing, but also like extremely accurate um, history. So you're kind of learning something, but it's all really funny. You know, okay. it's like, it's, it's all the history of like every single war and really religious, um, every th- single war. It, well, it starts off with like, okay, the earth was inhabitable. <laughs> it goes through like in everything. 20 minutes In 20 minutes. It goes from like, like pre-evolution okay. to I think like 2015 okay. or whenever the video came out and it's unbelievable, dude. And it's like, you can't imagine, like it makes you realize how dumb and purposeless people really are. <laughs> when you see the like eons of time that passed of just battles and like battles for border battles for, for food and money and uh, power and wealth and like how all these religions and stuff are kind of really similar sounding and they all fought over different regions of power and then they crumbled and then this person yeah. built an empire and took over this and then they crumbled and then that person took an empire and they spread over here and then they crumbled and just repeats and repeats and repeats and it's just so crazy. But that reminds me of one thing I already had in my mind a few weeks ago and I wanted to talk um, with you about it um, because you said like, okay, uh, European history is so weird and everyone was fighting everybody and the well, borders are so, are so weird, et cetera, et cetera. Um, American history is also weird. <laughs> yes, but American history and I think by definition what we mean right now is not that old. Mm-hmm. And in in right, in German sco- in German schools, like you have, um, you you kind of touch on different times from I don't know the Egyptians to Napoleon to the Nazis etc. Mm-hmm. 
It's a big but, jump. Yeah, yeah it, you know, <laughs> we, you, know <laughs> you know, there's like Napoleon, and there's some Nazis, and you know, whatever. <laughs> um, and obviously, they also miss out on a lot of things that happened in Europe. But in terms of Germany, you you get through this, but like you go like two thousand years back from now. Yeah. And how is this in 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 American? elementary schools, high schools, et cetera. Do you touch on, on, on Native American history, et cetera? Or yeah. is there anything that you get teach before Columbus? <laughs> <laughs> the earth did not exist until 1776. <laughs> um, yeah, you get taught. I mean, the thing is, I think public school is kind of a joke and you get taught these kind of slanted pictures of history, uh, American history. There's even, there's even like a whole, um, I think there's a, John Oliver, only about American history and how it's taught in public school. Um, it has a really weird, twisted view on uh, slavery. It doesn't really go into detail about people like George Washington's private lives or Alexander Hamilton, all that other stuff that we learn about now that's like mm -hmm. so abundant now. Um, but yeah, you, you, you learn about, you know, the Aztecs and the Mayans and you, you learn about um, a lot of Native American tribes Uh, and chieftains and like grand wars and stuff. Uh, you touch on it for like a, a semester or less or something okay. like in this, in this whole general history class. And um, I don't actually remember too much world history, to be honest with you. It's, it's either brushed over pretty intensely or it's just not touched on much at all. Uh, granted, that's why so many Americans can't name, like a lot of countries and they definitely can't point them out on maps and stuff. Yeah. You know, me included, I just couldn't find, <laughs> couldn't find this book, but that was different. But I, uh, I also like, you know, if makes fun of me all the time for that, because it's just, I just didn't have that opportunity. I just didn't have that exposure to the bigger world. No, it was just like American history is history. And, uh, yeah, you know, you, you hear all these, it's, it's funny. American history is hyper patriotic. So it's not like, okay, this happened. And then this happened and that's why that person died. And that's why we have this land. It was more like, and the brave George Washington sailed across uh, in, like in defiance against those terrible tyrannical British, uh, you know, to start a, fre a fresh new land for those in need of freedom and patriotism and hope and patriotism, or, you know, exactly. <laughs> you know, it was like, okay, actually it was almost all about just keeping Keeping the wealth that you'd stolen, keeping the power to... So it's too glorifying, you say? It's hyper-glorifying, okay. especially once you get into the founding fathers and you get like, they, you know, they don't even talk about how like, you know, these guys were, uh, of course, they're not gonna, it's a, it's in America and it's American history. So yeah. of course, they're not going to be like, oh, by the way, you know, um, you know, people like... Uh, Washington or Hamilton or whatever were like raping their slaves and... Um, you know, like terrible, terrible, terrible things that they were doing and, you know, not, um, promoting the release of them post emancipation proclamation and not being in support of any of this stuff. Um, and how the, you know, the, the whole declaration of independence itself or the whole, the whole sacred document or whatever that's America's backbone is kind of founded on keeping the wealthy wealthy and keeping the people who they don't give a shit about at all in their place. Yeah. You know, like didn't have anything about like, there was no, you know, like it just, uh, you know, they don't even say like, Oh yeah, by the way, this was all crap actually at the time because it still took, you know, I don't know what it was like 150 years for women to vote or something or 
uh, even longer for black people to even be treated remotely as equals in most places. So, um, again, I'm spiraling because all that stuff makes me so angry, but, um, yeah, it was a hyper glorified history book and you, you touch on a little bit of stuff before, before all that happens. And then you get into, but do you have like history class, um, each year of your school career? Yeah, I think okay. we had at least, I think we had a history class every year. If I can remember, if I remember that right. Okay. Sometimes it was the same teacher a couple times no. over, you know, just different books. Um, but I think they, you know, it's the South and they kind of glorify the civil war. I remember that being a huge part of one of the semesters. We had, um, like a civil war reenactor come to the school and like talk about, I don't remember if he was from the North or the South, but I can make a bet <laughs> where he's from. Um, and I, I still think they kind of talked about it being a war about states' rights. And I know that we and went not about to, oppressing like not about millions of people. Exactly. Exactly. I think they, I know for sure they took us on a few field trips because in that region in Mississippi, there's a lot of historical locations where the civil war was fought. And, you know, I, I, some of that stuff is interesting to see, but it depends on the context in which it's presented. And, you know, you see like, oh, here's like the Shiloh area. Here's the location of like the bloody, what do you call the bloody pond? And I think it was called that because so many people had fallen over dead into it that the water okay. had turned red. Um, and yeah, we saw some statues. And I know even in my hometown, there's some things connected to the Civil War. But that that part of history never tapped my interest too much. But how are you, how present it? even besides school, are those topics, especially in Mississippi, southern, southern USA, um, with its history about slavery, et cetera, et cetera. How present is it like, because here in, in Munich, I, I live in Mosach, not that far away from Dachau. And in, in the whole region, you see a sign everywhere, hey, this, this way to the KZ Memorial and something like that. Is there something about this in in the southern states as well? Like there's okay, like an like an effort from 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 governments, from states, any kind of communities to to remember horrible things that happened there in public. Uh, that's hard to say. I mean, they you know they only started. It's probably not so much memories of terrible things. Um, no, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm wrong. I'd love for someone to tell me I'm wrong on that. But all I remember, um, I, you know, you think about how the last uh, five years or so they started tearing down Confederate statues. I mean, that's that's all I really knew was Confederate statues. Um, so, you know, we knew, we like kind of, I don't know. And I guess at the moment it is a thing again with, Turning down the statues, etc. Exactly. You know, it's just still an ongoing thing. So I think at the time, you know, it wasn't, I don't really remember if they were trying to beat into us that the war was like a good thing or if it was just like, oh, this is a somber place where many died fighting for, you know, their states or, or something. I like that. I like, we never, I, I know that we never went to these places where the war took place with the understanding that, you know, these innocent people never had to die, you know, in vain 
to support, you know, a, a terrible ideology. It was always like they fought so, you know, they fought so valiantly for freedom or something. It was always kind of a twisted, like in, in retrospect, it seems so twisted because it's so not the, not reality. And you kind of have to wonder why they do that. I'm like, I don't know. I, that's something I've always admired a lot about Germany a lot is like, there's no bullshit about that. About, I mean, of course, yeah, there's, there's, fool, there's fools everywhere. Go on. But, um, but there's, it's more often yeah. that you have this like honest depiction of like, that was real wrong. What was going on there? Yeah. You know, there's, it's kind of, um, in terms of society, it is basically common sense that how, so, so obviously there are groups and sadly there are growing again. Right. Um, which try to not acknowledge the Holocaust, etc. Right. Um, but it is still common sense that this has been like the the baddest thing that has ever happened within this country. Yeah, exactly. So it, it's kind of common sense. And you yeah. and you learn about it in school, right? You get yeah, it that's in history a, that, classes. That, that's a big thing because um, in general, I I I might be a little wrong about this, but as far as I remember, it, it between. So you get like eight years of of of, um, of high school, and between year um, five and seven, the biggest topic is um, mainly, and it's it's split it in many different parts. But the the twentieth century, obviously, because of all of the things that happened, two world wars with a yeah. big role. Yeah. Of Germany in both. Yeah. After that, the the divided Germany, the Cold War, right? Yeah. Etc. Etc. Everything. Yeah. Um, and so that is is a big thing, and I think it is still totally right that it this gets that much room within schools. Yeah. Because it's super um, important. By the way, have you ever been to to Dachau to the KZ Memorial? No, I haven't been there. You definitely definitely have to go. I think everyone who lives in Europe has to. Like Auschwitz or Dachau has to to see this one time. It's super shocking. It hits very very deep. Why don't you talk it's, a little bit about what you see when you go there? It's it's very graphic. The like you, um, obviously the the little huts and and barracks where they where they they they, they brought people in to to sleep, <laughs> etc. Um, but you also see the the gas chambers. You see the ovens where they burned people. Holy moly. You see where they had to to work. You see pictures. Okay, this is this place now. This was this place back then. Like two hundred dead bodies over each they other. They showed like the before and oh my god, etc. etc. Um, and That's it's so it's wild. super shocking and shocking and it hits super deep. But I, I guess anyone who lives in Europe for a longer time should see this once to 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 realize the the scale of it, the the, the sheer scale of this of these events that have not happened that long ago. Right, especially in times where there are tendencies in many countries that move more and more to to the to the political right. Yeah, absolutely. And no, but to, so scary. to get back to school, yeah, it is a big thing, and I, th- I think it still should get that room because in yeah. this century has happened so so much and so so and such huge and horrible things. Yeah. Um, but what I realized just a few months ago to to get away from the, the Holocaust for a moment. <laughs> let's, just, let's take a little break from the Holocaust. We'll be right back. <laughs> okay, this, this sounds super weird. No, um, 
but you you miss out on 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 big parts of European history. Like um, yeah. when I realized I read a here's an artsy fartsy book recommendation because it is an artsy fartsy immigrant story, basically right. um, from the German author Zaza Stanisic, um, who um, was a refugee from from Yugoslavia, um, and, and it's called Herkunft, like origin, okay. and it's basically a, a big um, a book filled by by anecdotes of him. Being there, being in Germany, different experiences. It's, it's. I guess there is an English version now. Maybe, maybe I'll, I'll get you that sometime because yeah. it's, it's really worth the read. Um, That'd and, be awesome. and through that, I heard so many things about Yugoslavia and how huge the state was and how crazy this whole project was of mostly peacefully uniting all of these of these um, of these societies, etc. Yeah, and that's one thing um, I've never heard anything about in. In school and the war that has happened um, until the until mid nineties, so not that long ago. That's right, yeah. And those are those are those are parts of European history that you um, you don't hear anything about, or maybe like <laughs> it's like um, two little blocks in a in a history history book or something. Right, it's like a blurb on the side but of the I, page or something. But I guess it is is this, history is one of the the hardest subjects in school to 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 put the, the focus right. That's a good point, actually. I mean, there's there's such an extremely large amount of things that happened before we got here. How do you balance it? Like yeah. to, to teach them morals in a way and to teach them like things that you... Because the whole thing about history is like those who don't learn it are doomed to repeat it, you know? No. And I think that's absolutely true for a lot of reasons. And I think it's it must be really hard in classrooms to not... Like depending on the curriculum that comes from the state, what you should push more. I, I guess every country gets... a touch more of their own country's history, yeah. um, obviously. Um, but how do you pick and choose which things are so relevant to, you know, to touch on and like, what's, yeah. what's a, I don't know. How much time should you spend on Napoleon? How much time should you spend on like famous artists like Picasso or something? Or is that safe for just art class or like what constitutes just history? Is it like, is it just political history? Cause then that's also a lot to cover, but do you also have to get into like inventors yeah, you know, like oh well, there's Thomas Edison and Benjamin Franklin and stuff. But how much time do you spend on them? Because you also have to talk about those guys, yeah. Greek philosophers, Greek philo- Da Vinci, etc., etc. You like how much time do you spend? You know, or like yeah. okay, we have to talk about war now. Okay, well, yeah. there's if okay, we could you know you could spend like the rest of your life dissecting Vietnam. Yeah. You know, so how much time do you spend on Vietnam or, or World War Two, for example? People spend their whole lives trying to understand every detail behind yeah. World War Two, and still you have to try and shove it all into some innocent kid's head before he graduates. But by the way, uh, Vietnam is a, is a, um, it's a great example here um, regarding my, my um, history class in school, mm-hmm. because we've covered um, Vietnam and the Korean war. Um, so in the fifties, yeah, a lot. You covered the Korean war a lot. Yeah. Why? Or I don't we, know why, because, I mean, cool, because on the other hand, like I just told you this, this Yugoslavian war, which mm-hmm. is just geographically, like next door, yeah, next door. <laughs> yeah, that didn't happen. Kind of. That's funny. But, but yeah, you, you guys covered the Korean War for like I don't know a couple months or something. Yeah, from yeah, it, it was like a, like a block. Okay, we'll go from um, American kind of I don't know how to to, to to label it military history after World War II, like mm-hmm. 
and then find back the connection to to Germany someone when when we get to a point of I don't know Iraq or Afghanistan or something okay crazy that's been kind of a point so Korea Vietnam um first moves in in Afghanistan the 80s etc those kind of those kind of things that's funny that Germany's been such a huge part of the last uh hundred years of history yeah and for such as for like a you know a reasonably smaller country yeah you know like 80 million yeah 88 i guess or yeah 80 or nine, something like 80 90 million whatever like to have such a humongous influence on the uh on the rest of the world for so long it's crazy no. and, and long before i mean my favorite beer in munich was founded uh almost exact like 380 years before america was founded you know, and that's the kind of thing that you don't grow up in America thinking about. You know, you don't think like, oh man, there were like, you just, you just don't think about how much stuff has actually happened before America yeah. was put together with this paper. Yeah. But, but even, but even in, in, um, in Europe, I, um, had a conversation. I don't know how we got to that point of a few days ago with, um, someone who, who studies history Yeah, and told me, yeah, um, she's, she's working on, uh, kind of thesis about about ancient Egypt. Yeah, and you don't and you know. Okay, it has been there, Cleopatra, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but you don't realize it has been an empire that lasted. I don't know, like two thousand or three thousand years. Really, and has been. Such I didn't a even know that today. Huge civilization, and like okay, three thousand years. That's like, you know, that's like. That's an eon. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's not. That's. I don't even know what an eon is, man. That's just a long time. Yeah. And, I would love and the to whole have, thing you take away is that, oh, Cleopatra, she was just famous for being very pretty, right? <laughs> yeah. Didn't, uh, <laughs> what was that actress who played her? Yeah. Yeah. I, right <laughs> uh, I would love to have, um, have an, an artifact historian we could call anytime we're, <laughs> we're missing Dude, out. We have to get, like we have to get some professionals on, on the line. We have to get some people who are ready to dive into some history. I know some, I know some history nerds from the U S but I don't know so many here yet. I know people. I know people who are just like way more brushed up than I no. am, but that's that's not that's not hard to do. But I I could find some here, and you could find some someone from from the states, and we could. Oh yeah, man, that'd be great. Like to have like a, a conference, a conference history, or an artsy fartsy history. But um, to get back, so I, I don't know how, how how deeply you want to touch on that, but to get back um, to history that is happening right now. Oh, I'm like the French baby. Let's put our fingers all in. <laughs> dive deep let's just let me just take a little a little pause all right so mr p back so from your little pee break we're back baby we're back baby um what did you want to what did you want to shove your fresh <laughs> finger into um yeah we talked about history and i wanted to get back to history that is mm, happening are mm. made at the moment and getting back to we're making history you, right here baby <laughs> we're making history right <laughs> here um to 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 your origin and to to the southern states because in this whole um the whole black lives matter movement which has grown bigger and bigger this year because of the events we we've all heard of and uh, hopefully have all educated about <laughs> yeah um but um when I check on, on on news on on this topic, you also read about Portland that uh, there are huge protests to the day and there are big conflicts, etc. Right. But uh, I haven't read yet anything about the situation in 
in the southern states and wondered about that, especially since on one hand, like you told me and I <laughs> have done some research on, has still some kind of issue with um, with alt-right people. Um, <laughs> That's not the only thing. <laughs> et cetera. And, and obviously the, 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 the history and right. the big impact of slavery, et cetera. Right. So do you, did you... Um, get any information from your family, friends, etc. There from from New Orleans, and because of New Orleans, you only hear hear about the, the Corona situation there. That is right. pretty bad, but n not about this topic, and like especially a, Mississippi as well. Like, is your question like, how do I think it's going to affect like the new history, or do you mean, or do no, you, what do you mean? First, what do you, what do you, um, since you still have connection to to those places, right? What do you, do you hear about? the situation about the Black Lives Matter movement and demonstrations and uh, um, statues being, being turned down, et cetera, et cetera? Um, well, the people that I still talk to, the people that I talk to the most still live in bigger cities. I mean, the people that I'm, the people that I connect to the most live in New Orleans, which is a bigger city than the surrounding Southern towns. And any bigger city, no matter which part of America it is, is always gonna have hopefully depending which city uh more people leaning in a more democratic direction mm -hmm. so you can kind of <clears throat> i hate to say this but like millennial generation um is the like the majority group of people kind of taking over any like the political mindset online and at least in my feed that's what i see yeah um i feel like you know gen z is more like understanding that the world is gross and chaotic and dumb. So they're kind of just in this stage of like a lot of really great humor content online and me and focusing on like creativity and stuff. Um, or not. I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry. I'm totally off my point here. Basically like the only information I'm getting is from people that are about my age yeah. and of a similar mentality. So that's the only really, group I can speak for. I can speak for them and I can speak for my parents, which is the only two big difference there is like parents are, are a boomer generation and they live in a really small, uh, secluded area in Tennessee. Yeah. And, um, yeah, for them, like, I guess it's easier to say, talk about their perspective because that's the only one that's going to be different. Mm -hmm. Cause all my friends and stuff. Yeah. I mean, they're, you know, they're marching in the demonstrations. They, they all, you know, are big supporters of, you know, listening to doctors and, um, speaking for equality and speaking for, you know, sexual, sexual, uh, identity equalities and gender equalities and, um, all that sort of stuff that you, that you see hopefully getting more and more normalized, Yeah, I think is being like pivot, like, um, not what's the right word. Like maybe the driving force is kind of between our age, like between maybe people like 17 ish and like 35 ish. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's the group that I'm, I'm seeing the most and stuff. That's the group I pay attention to the most. So I think that's, happening in all major cities in America right now. So even if that is the South, but my parents, um, what I hear from them is like kind of a different, more calm story. Um, of course in their region, um, it would be, you would be, uh, um, what's the, it was like this perfect English word for this. Like you would be, oh man, 
the longer I live here, the more English that I forget. <laughs> but there's this perfect word for um, how hard it would be to find this there. But like you'd be something, something to find that there. Someone's going to, someone's going to send that into me. Um, hard pressed. You'd be hard pressed to find a, um, a black lives matter March in that region. And, uh, so basically my mom is, uh, she's, she's been, uh, she hasn't been working for a long time. She's been at home and she took care of us as kids. And now she's kind of enjoying, um, enjoying life, you know, from, from the house. And she has this cute dog. And, um, so she's kind of only really getting, I think, I think she's a good representation of like majority middle America mindset. Mm -hmm. And I don't even mean that in like a, an accusatory way. You know, she's, she's getting her information from what she sees on television. And I think that's actually what's happening to, or what's the most common thing in America. Um, so her only sources for like a non-biased view of the world are pretty limited. You know, she, she has, you know, like either hyper liberal news or hyper conservative news. So it depends kind of whatever she's trying to enjoy or whatever my no. dad wants to watch when he gets home. No. I think they don't watch too much news actually. Um, so maybe her information comes from morning talk shows. I think that's probably where she like these shows like the view or the talk Shows like that where they have like, you know, mostly it's just there to to interview celebrities and to push the content that they're creating. And they do talk about their personal lives. They do talk about the world a little bit. And there is some things like I saw this video recently where Joy Behar from the talk was recently like educated on air about George Washington's relationships to his slaves. Mm -hmm. and I thought like, oh, that's cool. My mom probably saw that, which is really important. But I think my mom and dad, you know, they live in like a small um, safe, uh, secluded part of Tennessee. And I think probably they're not ever going to be as exposed to what's happening in the greater part of America, unless they were to just actually travel out and see it. And that's, that's no fault of, of, of theirs or anything. I'm not blaming them for anything. I think that's just how it is for a lot of older people in America. I think they, they get their information from the TV, so maybe they 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 read it as like, okay, well, what's happening over there sure is bad, and I hope that they fix that over there. Yeah, and that's and, and I know? think that that's something you could also um, say about Europe. Really? So, yeah, like um, like I like I experienced and also with with older people, like I don't know, fifty plus. Um, a boomer generation, boomer generation, yeah. and 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 even older, um, and older from yeah. from the countryside, like from Oberstdorf, right? Um, <clears throat> like talking about this whole this whole racism debate, we even have in, in Germany, and I find it pretty amazing how how huge this thing turned out, and that it's still going, um, at least for for a lot of people. Obviously, this movement has already lost <laughs> somehow a little bit of hype and. Therefore, um, a lot of people, but there is still, there are still discussions. There is still something um, moving. Right. Um, but like, in know, sort of you're not, not exposed to it. And yeah, they don't see it and there people at all. From, people from there have obviously also heard about George Floyd, etc. 
But um, they also say like, yeah, that's super bad what's happening in America. They have to get this fixed there. Right. Like, oh, so it's they, bad they, over there. Exactly. Yeah. So they, they don't see the, the same issue within Germany or their region or whatever and think like, hey, this is an American problem. Yeah. It's bad and it has to be fixed somehow. But I think it's, it's kind of the the same the same same mentality a little mentality bit. and bubble theory yeah i i can i got I, you know i really see that too and i see that i've i see it i'm stumbling all over myself today <laughs> but i see it in your hometown too i mean like even with um you know not to dive too deep into like how people how people in different regions treat corona because it's so it's so absent in that yeah. region you know it's like three cases or something but um it's also this idea of like, oh man, it sure is bad over there. And like, they don't necessarily follow, maybe not everyone follows as many rules as they should. Yeah. And I think that's also the case for how they, how they think and view racism. I think a lot of people in Europe, you know, who probably are exposed to people in their area who um, are, are harassed for, you know, their skin color or their gender or whatever. Um, they think that um, America is the only one. Like they would just maybe deny or ignore it a little bit easier here. Um, For example, I think a lot of people in Europe think that just because they don't have a gun, that the bad things don't exist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, yes, America is like... America is the best at being the worst. I mean, it's like, yes, there's more violence because, and yes, there's more guns and yes, there's more racism and yes, it's more loud and yes, it's more in your face every day. And yes, our president is a monkey. I mean, it's unbelievable how every single day he's in our face, but that's, that's because America has always kind of been like this louder, bigger present thing. And they're always going to be the bigger, louder thing on the worst stuff. Yeah. You know, and the best stuff there. On the count, this is kind of a strange counterpoint here, but like they're always, in my opinion, also they're always going to have like the best film output and the the whole entertainment industry. Entertainment and technology. And and medicine, like it's unbelievable what they do, you know, and it's beautiful and it's amazing, but it's just, just a perfect balance of like terrible, bad, crazy things and great progressive um, humanity succeeding sort of things. And like, I think because both sides are so equally loud and present that it's very easy to, to say that like, oh, here in my country, you know, we we don't have it. We don't have anything like that over here. You know, no, yeah. no, 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 not at all. Yeah. It's like, I mean, you do. Of course, it's not. Of course, they're not shooting people in the streets in Munich. Yeah. But there's still problems to be solved. Yeah. And there's one you know? little story I wanted to, um, I had not planned to talk about this on an English podcast, but it's a story from my hometown, which you also frequently visit. Um, because, and, and the, the little difference between um, bigger cities where um, I think it always tends to be bigger progressive movements, etc., and countrysides where, yeah, things are moving a little slower yeah. And it, 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 it could be for, for the best as well. It can be super relaxing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's beautiful there. But calm. I don't know if you've heard about this, but there has been, um, to start with the city, in, in Augsburg, there has been one hotel changing its name after um, or through the whole 
racism debate right now because it was called something um, including the word more, M-O-H-R, which is like kind of a, is I would not say softer, it, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a German variation of the N-word. Really? It's not that, okay. There's, there's a, where's the Zugspitze? In, in uh, between Bavaria and Tyrol. Garmisch. There's a, there's like this absolutely incredible five-star spa resort place I stayed at once. Not bragging, but it's called uh, The Moor. So that's like a slang for the N-word kind of? Yeah, it, it's, it has a, it has a kind of, um, kind of another background, like not about, um, it doesn't, because the N-word comes more from the, from the, from slavery, et cetera. Right. And more is more, is more like a, like a word. And many conservatives say it's not meant that disrespectful as the N-word, but it's, um, it's more like from, a from the, um, word, um, from the European time of colonialism. Okay. So many people, tend, I don't want to say that because many people tend to say it's, it's softer. It's not that harsh, like the N word, but no matter what, okay. How, however you would define it, it's, I would say it's a variation of the, of the, like, the N word. Uh, just to, for my, for my, for me to get it, like, would you say it in passing? No. Okay. You're just Never. saying it here so they know what the word is. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I got um, you. And okay. because there are still hotels and restaurants, etc., using that name. Yeah, clearly. Um, <laughs> and this hotel in Augsburg has changed its name after okay. the whole debate. And that led to... Or just a question. They're changing it because of the Black Lives Matter debate. Or not because debate, of, because but the, of the, the movement. Of the, of the, yeah, you know, because of the, of the whole... Because um, um, the whole zeitgeist is changing. Yeah, exactly. Okay, that's good. Okay. Nice German word there. Zeitgeist. <laughs> I love that word. Okay, anyway, sorry. Um, They're changing it because of that. Yes, exactly. Okay, okay. So, and they made like a public statement to... Yeah, because um, because because and that's that's why I think it's it's um, this 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 whole debate is still moving and still um, doing something because people went up to that I don't know hotel management and asked them hey what do you think we're having this big discussion right now what do you say about the name your hotel has because of this word etc. Oh, so someone approached them. I guess it's been I'm not one hundred percent sure on how it, it's been in Oxford, but. Basically, this whole discussion has led to, okay, there is some form of pressure and we see it is not appropriate, we'll change the hotel's name. Okay. And that led to um, a form of debate within the Algoi, because there are um, several places which use the same name. One of them is in, directly in front of, at the Marktplatz in Oberstdorf. Yeah. In front of the church, Hotel Mohren, like the plural, Mohren. Uh. M O H R E one right? one um, place also a, a huge hotel always booked out prime time you know it's winter sports summer hiking etc. <laughs> that, that's that one it. that's that one um, or a different one that that's in, in Oberstdorf and there's also in in um, Kranzek where you played once right right and um, there's also one restaurant called uh, Mohrenwirt like okay. Wirt like Wirtschaft. Oh, is the one that you're talking about in Oberstdorf the one with that really disgusting statue out front? That's what I wanted to talk about next. Because okay, sorry. Until this I, ju spring, I jumped the shark a little bit. Until this spring, they had a kind of a kind of statue. It's a statue that holds a sign, a sign like a um, where you would put on your I don't know your daily specials or something. Or yeah, hey, we have a um, 
the happy hour Apollo Spritz. Yeah, it's, it's like a it's like a whiteboard to exactly. announce the daily special. Exactly, and it's someone and holding. It's that. it's someone holding, and it's a really disgusting statue of a it's of like a, a black man, yeah. um, and fulfilling all of the racist cliches. Yeah, um, it looks like a white people could have. It looks like a white guy wearing blackface in in a film from like 1905. Yeah, pl- plus all those, those 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 really racist cliches with the huge lips, etc. So it's it's it, it looks super like, disgusting. It looks exactly like you imagine it. Yeah, I always noticed that the first time I ever, as yeah. 2013, I went there and I was like, "What the hell is this doing here?" Exactly. And um, then there has been an article about it. Um, I can send you the, the the online version of it about whether this place and the one in Kranzek should change their name or not. And the article, I really hated it. And if anyone is um, listening who is somehow connected to Allgäuer Zeitung, I would love to get in touch. Um, it's from the Allgäuer Zeitung. With, with okay. um, people that had to do with this article or worked on it. Because for me, to be honest, it just, it's just reproducing whataboutism and racism. Oh man, what aboutism? That's that's so have a, that drives me crazy. Like, yeah, you go ahead and I want to talk about what what about what aboutism is. Yeah, yeah. Because the the first thing I want to bring on here, um and we can put like we did last time with the timestamp, I can put screenshots um um in here so you can see it and for those of you who understand at least a little bit of German will get it. Yeah. Um you know like like pull quotes within articles. Yeah. Like highlighted quotes separated from the rest of the text. Yeah. And there's a pull quote from the the owner of this place in Kranzek. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's basically saying like, yeah, um, what do you want? Next year, I'm not allowed to to name my bread white bread and white beer anymore. <laughs> so so talking about what about isn't. That's so stupid, man. That's so stupid. And um, this oh. whole article is, um, is kind of showing it like it would be... Um, it would be super bad of people to even think that these guys... It's like we have this issue we've talked about on the show already. It is not about racist acts or signs or names or whatever. Right. But the discussion has moved to why are you calling me racist? Well, that's the thing, right? That's the yeah. big That's the big problem. Thing. So many people are, are afraid to be called racist yeah. that they're not willing to... The thing is... More likely than not, especially when people own shops with uh, that have been around for a long time, and they yeah. maybe they're titled something that's a very outdated word yeah. that in their mind, because they're maybe like the third generation of people to own this thing. Yeah, in their head, it has nothing to do with that. For them, it's just a name or whatever. And for them, when you approach them about the name, they're so afraid of being like labeled a racist that they get immediately defensive and they get yeah. really deflective. And it's it, it's really hard for people to sometimes take take a step back and say like, okay, well, this isn't like an attack on me. They're yeah. just they're just seeing this word that I've never looked up the history of before, and yeah. and and attributing that to me being the owner and like, well, you know, it's my choice to to pay attention to what this word comes from or not. And now is the time to be kind of aware of that. It doesn't mean that we're trying to. It doesn't mean that people are trying to take liberties away or like, you know, you're a racist and you don't, you know, like kill your business or something. You know, it's just like, this is the time to just, just look into the history of things and make a decision for yourself. Yeah. And the the thing is, obviously it is from a 
because I don't, I don't, I don't dare to, to do a deeply deep journalistic um, criticism about this because I'm still young in this business, but I, but I work in this and I've learned some basics. Yeah. Let's say this. Um, and obviously it is completely fair and um, a journalistic standard to um, leave your quotes in whatever people say, because it can turn out in any way and don't change that. But um, I still have a big issue with the wording of this article because it's like, it kind of drives you in the direction, okay, how do some people dare to call these um, these good working, I don't know, hotel and restaurant guys call uh, racist or whatever? And then letting them say their reasons why they won't change their name and why this couldn't even be racist. So it's just a hyper slanted piece. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, it's just a, just a, it's just a, fluff, and, it's just a fluff piece. And it's a high conservative fluff piece. Um, we'll link that article here and they say, um, and, and the headline is, um, Morenwirt and Hotel Morn are not going to change their name and they have reasons for it. And let me say one thing. Congratulations. All of your <laughs> reasons are complete bullshit, especially for the place in Oberstdorf. You know why? Because this is one very good running hotel. It's the center of this touristic bubble that has... Uh, that has because, not, because not to worry about, about uh, that has um, no worries about um, about uh, to to um, about an, an absence of tourists that are always booked out etc you right. cannot tell me that it was this would be a thing that would turn people off to go to your place if you change your name to anything not racist that's a really weird argument you know what I mean? I mean, all they're saying is like, hey, we're really successful. We make yeah. a lot of money. We have a, This is our name, so. We might lose it if yeah. we change our That's complete bullshit. Name. Where, where your place is, in the center of this really um, popular, touristic, small town. Right. Beautiful Alp scenery, etc. Yeah. You cannot tell me that. Plus, there might be, an outside of your little Obersurf bubble, um, a lot of people who would love to see that you do the effort right. and you fit at least, at least fit the zeitgeist um, <laughs> and do something about it and take some, at least some responsibility. So they're, they're kind of arguing they think they would lose customers if they... That's, that's one, one of their reasons. If they fit, like, it's not that they don't want to change the name, it's that they don't want to change it because they don't want to like pretend to be part of some sort of mentality that could lose the customer base that they have. That, that's one reason, and the other one is tradition. And it's, it's tradition. We, we, ne you, we never been racist, and it's just a name that is that it's tradition, and it's yeah. This name is standing there since, I don't know, 1928 or whatever, yeah. and has always had that name, and it's such a good running place. Yeah. And we'll always, we always were open-minded, blah, 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 blah. Uh, one thing I would ask them is like, okay, if you have all these really proud reasons that you don't want to change it, and there's nothing that can convince you otherwise, okay, then we've, then we've lost that battle. Then I would strike up a second option. Can we compromise and you just don't, you just get rid of that statue? They did that. They did do that. Yeah, because... They, they, those people are still smart enough to realize that that's pretty racist. You, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I remember, I, I remember sitting at that cafe when we did, um, I think it was, I think it was either like the week of the wedding or no, it must've been, it must've been then because of the, 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 the certain group of friends that were there, 
Um, we actually were all together in the town at the right time. And we had like some free, some free time and had, had a cafe, had a, ah, had an espresso at this cafe. And I remember them being from new Orleans and like seeing the statue and all of this. It was the first time I really, like I had, like I told you, I had seen it and thought that's really weird. And then of course, the more and more you visit, the less you, sadly, the less you think about it because you think, well, they're never going to change it. Yeah. And I don't have, I don't have an ability, especially like, specifically with language to even say anything to them about it. So you just kind of stop seeing it so much, which is the sad reality of a lot of racist things is like you see it. And if you don't act on it or talk about it, then it does end up becoming part of the norm, which is, which is what we're fighting against now. You know, like no one's perfect and everyone has these issues that they have to like really work on themselves to do. And I remember us talking about it and just being like, you're right. Like I forgot about this thing. This is terrible. So it's really good that they got that out because it's it's a huge it's like the lighthouse of that town. Yeah, it's a huge, obvious. Public Everyone who building. visits Oberstdorf will get across this terrace, across this statue. Okay, that's done one, and at least that big sign with that name on it. Yeah, when they're in that town. Yeah, you can't miss gonna, it. You can't miss it. By. Yeah, everyone's gonna you're gonna see the tables full, getting people yeah. getting cappuccinos and cake. You know, whatever. It's really, it's really, I'm, I'm very thankful that they got rid of the statue at least, but I, you know, the thing is honestly for that town, that, that mentality, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised that they don't want to change it. I'm not surprised as well, but I, s- I think the argument is very weak. I wish they their had Their argument a- is, is pretty weak yeah. and I'm kind of disappointed that it the, has a lot of holes that the, that the whole, the whole debate is that kind of, kind of small because it says in this article, even one guy was um there to to go to the to the local kind of government gemeinderat yeah um and to to complain about this well, and i was like and they were like okay it has gone that far that even one guy dared to do that and complain about this hotel's name and i'm like okay how can it be only one guy yeah and also <laughs> they 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 one guy had the strength to yeah. actually stand up for it and they in the newspaper chose to make fun. They 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 uh, no 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 no. I, 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 to to make that clear, they, they did not say the, this word by word. Oh, but okay, you're paraphrasing. It is okay. still kind of a kind of a wording that drives not, it in that direction. Right, like the newspaper is obviously yeah. biased. I have to send it to you, and you have. To, I guess you have to read together with Ify and yeah, I. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we we will. Yeah. Um, I'm, dis- I'm disappointed, man, because some the one thing my favorite difference. Yeah, I guess I'd have to say my favorite difference between America and Germany is that German news is 100% non-bias. And then when I hear something like this... Most of them. Most of them. And it's kind of like, I mean, yeah. if, you, if you have an opinion, it's it's an opinion piece. Yeah. But you have like the facts of what's going on. Yeah. And, they're, and I mean, like a few of them are like really, really legitimate non-bias news. Yeah. And you can really trust it. And that's why you read it every day and like... I can't wait till I get to the point to where I can really absorb that news from a German source every day because it's so, so great. Like what a f- fresh breath of air to have fresh facts that aren't leaning one way or the other. And you, and in America, every single newspaper, every single television, every single thing online, especially ever since the creation of Facebook, everything is slanted. Everything is slanted. And you no. really have to just try and fish your way through different things to find a source that is just like, just tell me what happened and not what you think about what happened yeah. or how I should think about it. 
You know, yeah. so to hear this about a German newspaper being so biased is so disappointing. <laughs> yeah, one 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 um one friend of mine who also works um in journalism and for uh for Bayerische Rundfunk just um just texted me because I posted about this um, oh, okay. and linked the hotel like what what do you what do in you your, say about in your Instagram? Yeah. And and he responded that and was like, yeah, there is a reason why some people in journalism don't get over the point of working in a pretty small <laughs> local yeah. newsroom or whatever. Right, right. There's a reason they don't break out into a yeah. bigger a bigger media. But whatever. I just wanted to make clear. Um, I I wanted to talk about this in public, and which this podcast obviously is. Um, and I, I'll be in Oberstdorf next week and I see what I can, can get of kind I, of I would information, like a, information there. We, yeah. If we can get like a continuation on this, that'd and be so I, cool. I think I'll, I'll write a, uh, a little letter to the, to the newspaper about this article and ask what their intentions were, et cetera. Oh, that would be so interesting. I'd um, love to dive a little deeper on that. Yeah. A, a friend of mine dent, and me dent, had, dent, had, dent, had dent. to do this and I, I think I'll do that. And I want to close this whole thing with one. Um, quote I, I, I found on the internet which I found pretty fitting um, who's it from uh, it is from this um, it's from one from Twitter and Instagram account I don't know from which person it is, but it's from this one account who did a lot of um, um, a lot of they post a lot about the demonstrations and updates and um, kind of kind of organized uh, um, a few Black Lives Matter demonstrations, etc. Um, and it says, if a black person tells you that the phrase is offensive to them, then it is. End of story. It is not up to you as a white person to tell them that it's not. Instead, educate yourself as to why the phrase is offensive and stop using it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if I get anything new about this um, <laughs> case, I'll let you and you guys know. Yeah, thanks, man. That's super. That's a really, really exciting story. Actually, I love, I love diving into uh, tales of misfortune like this and misunderstanding, and especially when it taps into like uh, you know a, a whole town's mindset, and it's in the media, and it's all about things that to some people seem so obvious. Yeah, and you know, I can. Oh, by the way, one last last thing because yeah. you said um, you're you're not surprised that it, that it um, happened in that region, right? Under the article. On their website of Albert Zeitung, that a trivia um, where they asked their readers, should these places change their names or not? Ooh, there was a survey. A survey, not trivia, sorry. And um, last time I checked, it was like 68% said, no, they should not change their names. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, the thing is with small towns like this, um, or less than, that's not even a, a fair enough representation. Like with any business that has a long history, no matter where it is in the world, if there is something wrong with the name and the people in charge, you know, of course, didn't name it and have maybe made something beautiful and original out of it and maybe had a lot of success with it. Of course, that initial instinct to change the name could feel like a bigger challenge to them. It yeah. could feel like a scary thing of, well, now, wait a second, you know, like my father inherited this from his great grandfather or something. And, you know, we've worked here for 30 years now and we, uh, you know, or whatever. And we, 
made it something beautiful and the people come here to respect it. And so I could understand that maybe at first they take it as like, you know, your business is racist and we're going to try to cancel you because maybe they've been paying attention to how certain certain aspects of American liberalism have maybe gone. And and this is just my own personal opinion with, with, with stand-up comedy, but like how that cancel culture uh, thing has maybe pushed itself into where people are afraid that the slightest criticism could, could destroy their whole business. Um, I can even understand that it's difficult for them to really dissect the information that's being given to them and to, and in a calm way, try and, you know, deconstruct what am I being told? Is there something I can do about it? Will it hurt my business? I can totally imagine that at first thought, that sort of thing about your business having a racist name or racist connotations or, or, or anything, you know, uh, anything about your business title, you know, hurting, a, a hurting or misrepresenting a group of people being something that you could understand as, okay, are you asking me to, you know, shut my doors or like, am I a racist? Are you calling me a racist no. or whatever? Um, of course I can understand that the first moments of hearing that, are complicated. It's not, it's not an easy thing. Like imagine this guy's probably like in his sixties who is ever running it maybe. And they're wealthy in that town. Yeah. And they, you know, they have a reputation and whatever, and the hotel's extremely successful. And they get told this from some young cat who complained at the state. I could see their first thought being like, well, now wait a second, there's nothing wrong with this. But then, but then it does take, in my opinion, a, a wise person like, not even wise, but just it takes like a, an open-hearted person no. to say, "Let me just sit down with this and let me Google what that where that word comes from." Like, yeah. is it someone's last name? Oh no. Okay. Oh no. Oh, actually, it's kind of like a bad word for black people. Oh man, I didn't know that. Oh man, or maybe they did, but they have this defense that it's yeah. not meaning what they think it that's means. That's what that's what we don't know. But then it takes a different level of someone to be like, well, okay, I don't see it that way, but clearly, yeah. like clearly this is just meaning something to so many people. Yeah. Maybe it's time that I, I mean, it's not going to hurt my business just to change. I mean, they know where I am. It's the same yeah. people, you know? Well, maybe, maybe we'll just make a statement and be like, hey guys, you know, we see how this name has affected people. We're the same business with the same great service. Instead of, you know, more or whatever it is now, now we're, um, you know, maybe his name was like Heinz. Now we're Heinz's hotel or, or whatever, you know, like yeah. it doesn't matter what you call it. Yeah. We're the, we're the Oberstdorf grand hotel. Yeah. And then, Hey, look at that business stays the same. You look good in public. You have, it your, should be no big deal. It should basically. be no, it honestly, like it should be no big deal. If someone has the capacity to understand why. Yeah. And I think the problem is that so many people don't take the time to understand why. Yeah. And that's the sad part. People are just so instantly ready to throw up fists. Yeah, and um, one last thing that I think is a big factor on um, on why um, <coughs> you might think people are not that sensitive for that in, in, in regions like that is basically that it and it that that refers a little bit to the to the the episode where we talked about um, our racism and its history a few weeks ago, where I once said, okay. Americans brought black people to their country to treat them like shit, and European went over to Africa to treat people like shit. <laughs> yeah. um, Europeans, they loved it. They loved to holiday elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> It's so 
bad, man. That's a bad one. Um, no, but it, it, example, it could happen that you could be a guy growing up in a small town like Oberstdorf, um, after school, staying there, finding a job, maybe getting married, etc. And you could be a guy being um, 35 years of age yeah. and never have really gotten in touch with with some someone with a different skin color or um, in general, someone who might have um, experiences with discrimination besides women. Yeah, they may have never interacted with them at all. Yeah. Exactly. Or never, um, never felt that in their business that, you know, a woman has ever been harassed or, yeah. Yeah, the, and the conversation is endless. Especially, you know? especially with, like I said, like um, when the, the, the kind of uh, big refugee movement in 2015 right. started or happened. Right. And they started to build this, um, this kind of, um, not camp, but, but basically one house, one, one, one refugee home right. in Oberstdorf that has been the first time for some people there to actually interact, not just like you see someone on the street and maybe greet them and that's it, but actually interact with people from completely different cultures. Yeah. yeah. So, and I guess there are many people that just don't have experience in that. And that is, and I don't, to, to make this clear. I am from that region and I, I, um, and I love the people there and I, I, I understand many of the things happening there and I don't want to say, um, (laughs) these guys all are, no, their their ideals, et cetera, have, have, have completely run out of time. No, 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 no. No, But the the, the thing is, the thing, the, the, the the thing is (laughs) that, um, we're at a, we're at a point of globalization and an international connected world. Yeah. Where I think no matter where you live, you, and no matter at what point you are um, within that movement, yeah, you should start um, to educate yourself about other cultures, to, um, to think about what the realities of people from different cultures or people from different places, different surroundings, whatever, yeah. could look like because you're getting confronted with it sooner or later anyway exactly exactly and and i think that's 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 the the, the biggest issue well said man i think that's that's a good i think that's probably a good ribbon on that on that topic because it's yeah it brings out a lot of anger in people and it brings out a lot of it's it's a really it's just a tough thing to try and put a put a cap on in general i mean it's just educate yourself and be be humble and try to understand where people are coming from and Maybe listen to why something offends someone else because if you don't get it, then that's something that you can you can fix. Yeah. You know, and it's good to pay attention to what's going on because you know we just earlier we just talked about history and you know what sooner or later this is going to be history. And yeah. We know what page of the book do you want to be on? Basically, you know, do you want to be part of this like humongous, you know, generational movement trying to like connect humans more on a on a fundamental level of understanding. Or do you want to like be defensive and argue that things don't have to change because it's always worked for you? You know, just because you don't see it doesn't mean it doesn't happen. You know. Yeah, and I think that's a super interesting question we could leave our listeners with, and I'm super looking forward to talking 
about the history that is made now and the history that happened and whatever might happen after one year of artsy fartsness within the next year and the year after to you, Jordan. And I guess I would have to call it here. You have to go? Um, yes. And um, would thank you for another awesome conversation. Man, cheers to a, cheers to a year and to a great chat. <laughs> Mm. Yes, sir. Artifact Immigrants is one year old. And if you have so any idea of an Artifact Immigrant we should feature on this podcast yeah. or have any kind of feedback um, for us, don't hesitate to um, write us an email. Uh, <laughs> the, the mail address. <laughs> the DJs. The mail address is send us an email. <laughs> podcast at m945.de. And we also have a an Instagram channel run by the gorgeous Jordan Prince at Artsy Fartsy Immigrants. That's so right. If you have any complaints, wishes, <laughs> needs, or demands, whatever, or you're a random sex bot, just text us. <laughs> if you're a, yeah, if you're if you're a Russian bot, make sure to hit me up at, at Artsy Fartsy Immigrants. If you like today's show, please go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to this show. Give us a rate, like, review, or comment, or just tell a friend about us because that goes a long way. Thank you so much for listening, Artsy Fartsy fans. And next week, we're going to be on vacation. We'll have a nice compilation uh, audio for you, and then we'll be back in two weeks. Yes, sir. Thanks a lot. Goodbye. Look out, baby. The saints are coming through. And it's all over now, baby blue. Artsy Farsi Immigrants, ein Podcast von John Prince und Moritz Batscheider, produziert für M94.5.